What's up, world? Welcome to the Positive Truth, uplifting and positive news to help you believe in yourself and the world around you. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at the Positive Truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding to communities everywhere. JP, how are you, sir? I'm feeling inspirational. How are you feeling, oh, I'm feeling inspirational as well, sir. So we have two inspirational stories today. Have you ever heard of the Donut King, Tim? Is that you? <laughs> wow, I just walked into that one, JP. Just walked into that. For the record, I only eat donuts whenever I'm up at 5 to 6 in the morning. <laughs> and I'm eating all of them. Hashtag the Donut King. So, since you don't know, it's a documentary that I didn't know was a documentary, but I read an article about because that's my life. So I want to tell my story first. Okay, cool. So, there was a man who grew up in the Thailand-China border. This was like 1970. His name is Ted. And Ted has a crazy life story. So, he was just a typical high school student. And a high-ranking government official had a daughter that he thought was super beautiful. So this really doesn't have anything to do with inspirational. I just think it's a fun part of the story to set up a backstory. <laughs> and so he didn't think he had a chance because poor kid, high-ranking official. But they lived across from each other. So every night he would play the flute. Oh, man, that's too sweet. And she would like... The girl that he was trying to woo, his mother was like, whoever's playing the flute must be in love. Ha ha. Little did she know. <laughs> Little did she know. Well, she did find out because the girl he was trying to woo, I'm going to call her Cindy because that's what she ended up changing her name to. She was, she got a note one day and she's like, I'm the flute player in the opposite balcony because he threw a stone to her balcony. And he's just like, I just want to know, like, I'm enamored with you. And she thought he was joking, but he was dead serious. Because her villa, since she was basically royalty, was armed with security guard and guard dogs. But Ted didn't care. He climbed up a coconut tree over the barbed wire fence. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh, Tim. I'm trying to hold it in. <laughs> climbed up to her bathroom window. And he was like, hey, it's me, the guy that wrote the note. Because they were, they were classmates. She was like, you're crazy. And then they started talking. And then she was like, what are we going to do in the morning? He's like, don't worry, I'll hide under a bed. And they did this, high school students, for 45 days before they got caught. Wow, <laughs> that's like a lifetime. Well, it would turn into a lifetime because they ended up getting married, <laughs> starting a family, until Civil War broke out in 1970. Ted spoke four languages, and he was a liaison officer in Thailand. And he was like, this, it feels a little dangerous right now, so we should go to the United States. And in April 1975, when a capital fell, they were one of the first people to leave. And her parents ended up getting killed. So that would have been them if they would have stayed. So our president at the time in the United States, U.S. President Gerald Ford, insisted the US, U.S. should welcome 130,000 refugees from Vietnam and Cambodia, telling any credits were a country built by immigrants from all areas of the world, and we've always been a very humanitarian nation. So shout out to Mr. Ford there. Facts. So 
Ted, and at this time her name was Sugan Tinney, sold everything. They arrived in California on the, one of the first refugee flights with their three children and adopted nephew and two nieces. So Ted went right to work. He was a church janitor and realized that's not enough to support a large family. So, but he, when he would work, he ended up getting a second job and then he would work also with the late night shifts. And when he got off on the late night shifts, he smelled donuts. And he was like, this reminds me of home. This is amazing. So he was like, I want to start a donut shop. And one of the ladies that worked there was like, that doesn't sound like a good decision. But we're, because the lady owned a donut shop, she was like, we'll bring you in, we'll train you, since you don't know how to do any of it. So he learned how to bake, take care of payroll, cleaning, sales, everything. And then he saved up money from his other jobs, and he opened a Donut King in California, and he used pink boxes. So have you ever eaten? I know you, you just went to Cali. Facts. Did you see any Donut Kings? I honestly, I can't picture any Donut Kings at the moment, but I think... There's a lot to see in California. Facts. <laughs> I was looking at palm trees for no reason, man. <laughs> exactly. So after his three months of training, he got his own shop. He ran it on the Balboa Bal Pier. A tourist spot in Newport Pen 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 Peninsula, not far from Tuscan. And his wife, Sugantini, she hardly spoke any English at the time. She ended up working the register. Ted did all the baking. And what he realized was, is like, if you bake in small portions, the smell is the easiest way to get people in there. His family worked 12, 17 hours a day. And eventually they saved up enough money to get another one and then get another one, and then get another one. And by 1980, my man was a millionaire, five years after getting here. I think they owned like 3,000 Donut Kings. Oh my gosh. So they took over. So not 3,000, they, they owned 60 shops by 1985. 10 years later, millionaire, achieved the American dream. But the thing about America, it has its vices. For him, it was Vegas. First time he went to Vegas, he just saw some shows, didn't really do anything. And then the next couple times they visited, he started gambling. Uh-oh. Yeah, he ended up blowing all his money gambling. And so to pay off his debts, he would sell off one of his stores. And he would go back and try to get the money back so he could go buy it back. You never beat Vegas. Never. Vegas is like the internet, undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> you get a W every now and then, but you still lose in the long run. Exactly. So if you win in Vegas or you win on the internet, just get out of there. <laughs> get out. And eventually, this is she. She had her, changed her name to Christy at this time. She started chasing him in the casinos, just to get him out of there. So one night he sold his last donut shop, and they had eighty-five thousand dollars in their pocket. And they were driving back from Vegas. She was like, we're not doing this anymore. But he hadn't been paying his car bill, so he got pulled over. And they ended up, they since the car bill hasn't been paid, it's, it was registered as stolen. And they had kept the money. In the car? No! And so the police took it. So they were broke <sighs> with absolutely nothing. So in 1993, he lost all the money in eight years. They went back to Cambodia. And they still had enough money saved, like she has stashed enough cash from him that 
Christie had that they could live in Cambodia comfortably. So what did he do? He became a politician, of all things. He was like, if I'm a politician, I can't gamble. So he became a big enough politician to meet Presidents Reagan and George H.W. Bush. He named his own political party the Free Development Republican Party. And he became one of the biggest politicians in Cambodia. But he ended up spending all of his savings trying to become a politician and get elected. So he lost all his money there. And he had a fare on Christie, so she left him, so she had no money. Again. Man. So by 2002, he was completely broke. He had spent all of his money on electioneering. He tried to invest in rice. It didn't work. And so he fell out with a, like, a political rival who was like, I'm going to kill you since you've been mess messing with me in this election. So he went back to L.A. again in 2002, 62 years old, with less than $100 in his pocket. He was homeless, living off of this, like, basically living in a church. And he was like, many times I tried to commit suicide because I hated myself. I hated that I wasn't around my children. I cheated on my wife. I lost all my businesses to gambling. And when he was in the church, he changed his life. They're like, God always gives a second chance. So he changed his life around. Stopped gambling. Stopped having affairs. Got remarried. He kept a low profile. And then he needed a job, though. So he got in. He's just talking to people. Got into real estate. And now he's a millionaire again because he got so good at it. Got a new family. Kept pushing. And now they actually made a documentary about this. I didn't know it. I just read the article. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked you if you'd seen it. No, man. I, I, I feel like it sounds familiar again, but I just can't put my like, the, finger the, on it. My man kept getting up after getting punched. So that's what I took from the story. Like, No matter what mistakes you make, no matter what happens to you, you can still no matter, get back up. No matter how old you are, you can still make a difference in your life. Do sabes. I, I got the exact same thing, brother. <laughs> it is a crazy story I kind of wanted to share. For a crazy week for us, might as well share a crazy story on the positive truth. Facts. Whew. <laughs> That's wild. He put himself in all kind of bad positions. I'm glad that things are working out better for him now. Yeah. For sure. So take advantage of the... And cherish the good positions you're in, because you never know. Absolutely. And try not to screw a trip on your own two feet. But I feel like I've been talking a lot. We haven't got to Tim's positive news story. We're not going to get there yet because we still have to pause and do audio meditation. It's where we both talk about one thing we're grateful for each because in the stress of life, we often overlook all the great things going on in our own lives. We encourage everyone listening to think of one thing you're grateful for as well. Guaranteed to make your day so much more positive. Tim, what are you grateful for today? Man, I'm grateful for traveling. You know, went to California last week. It was nice, great, wonderful. Had a great time with the family. But I'm grateful for it because I don't know when's the next time I'm going to travel, man. <laughs> like, things are getting real, and it's time that I, I don't do anything for a while again. So it may be like another year or so before I get out of this state. Who knows? We're just glad you're COVID safe. Me too, man. Me too. I avoided so many people. I avoided the busy days at the airport. It was, it was, it was cool. I am grateful for looking at the positive because my mornings haven't been great these last few mornings, but the nights haven't been. Too bad. Take that world. <laughs> so, as long as that's going good, I, I can deal with the L's in the morning because I've took a lot of them. 
But it's okay. I'm gonna be like Ted. I'm just gonna keep bouncing back. Facts. <laughs> like good old Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my head's bouncing off the canvas like <laughs> Nate Robinson. I'm just gonna keep getting back up. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for a Nate joke to get thrown in here. <laughs> what do you have for your inspirational story? Man, I really like my inspirational story. It reminds me of that teacher story you had not too long ago, last episode. But I'm going to talk about a Texas woman. So she's forever grateful from this stranger that she met about 13 years ago. And here's the story, man. So Haley Allen, she was only 16 years old. Her mother and her brother, they unexpectedly passed away. So she was now responsible for arranging the funeral, um, whether it was getting her clothes for her parents, her bro- or for her mother and for her brother, just handling everything at 16 years old. This was super tough on her. Um, she just couldn't think straight. So her friends went with her to the mall to find clothes for her parent, for her mom and for her brother. And when she was in the store, she had a breakdown. Now this is where everything special happened. She had this breakdown because she was like, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm only 16. What if I don't even have enough money to get my mom something nice? And a woman that worked there actually overheard her crying in the the dressing room and asked her friend, you know, hey, what's going on? So her friend told her, you know, her parents just passed and word for word what I just told you. So the lady was the employee, her name was Melissa Mullins. It's like, okay, I understand. So she goes into the dressing room and lets Haley know, hey, don't worry about anything, whatever you need to get, don't worry about it, I got it taken care of. So this happens. Uh, of course, Haley's like, yo, this nothing like this has ever happened to me, thank you so much. She goes about her way. Now, years passed, Haley moved on with her life. She ended up having a son. Um, her son is now a teenager. She was talking to her son this past Mother's Day about her mother and her brother. And her brother asked, you know, who was the lady? And it made uh, Melissa, or I apologize, Haley think like, you know, I never really got to thank her. I never really, you know, spoke about her. It was such a tough time that I really didn't think twice at that time. But telling the story now, it makes me wonder like, that woman's face, I can see it clearly in my head. Why can I see this woman's face clearly in my head? So Haley was like, you know what? I have some pictures. Let me go look through these pictures. As it turns out, Haley has this, uh, picture business. She has a Phoenix photography business that she takes photos and she was looking through all these photos and she ended up seeing the woman that helped her 13 years ago in one of her photos. So what happened was is that on social media Haley posted hey I'm doing free photo shoots if you want to bring anybody come by. And a woman brought three or two of her grandchildren which happened to be Melissa to do this photo shoot and one of the photo shoots with the the grandchildren Melissa was in. So Haley was like oh my gosh I need to get a hold of her. She ended up messaging the daughter and asked to get a hold of the grandmother, where, of course, Melissa remembered her. They ended up talking on the phone a couple times, then they text, and then now, at the end of this, every other Monday they meet for breakfast and they talk. They actually became lifelong friends now. They're talking to each other. Haley is beyond thankful for Melissa for that act of kindness 13 years ago. She tries to pay it forward every chance that she gets because at that time was the hardest time of her life, but a stranger who paid for her her brother's and her mother's clothes during the hardest time of her life made her see the positive in life and the darkest time of her life. So to me, this story is super inspirational because yes, Melissa, she didn't have to do that. She was an employee there, not an owner at all whatsoever, but she chose to do something nice that somebody needed to and she kept it pushing and it paid back, paid her back 13 years later whenever she was just able to paid the whole world back. Say you're welcome. Yeah, she paid everybody that Haley ever came in contact with after that because, you know, obviously losing your brother and your mother at a young age like that could affect you for the rest of your life. But somehow, some way, Haley found the light. And I would like to say Melissa probably had a big part in that. Perfectly said there, Tim. You never know where one act of kindness can lead. 
can change the world. Do Salas. This was a very long inspirational one because JP was a uh, rambling. <laughs> JP felt inspirational. I'm just glad everything's working. <laughs> um, so Tim, you have a quote before we get out of here? Absolutely. Your greatness is not what you have, it's what you give. If you want to support the podcast, make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star review helps us out so much. Helps us spread our message of positivity out to the world. We also have a Patreon, where if you subscribe, you get a bonus positive news episode every single week. And we take all of our Patreon money and our sponsorship money, and we donate every single month when we do our favorite positive news stories of that month. And whoever the Patreon tells us to donate to, that's exactly where we donate to. We're out. Stay positive.